tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. And now, here's your host, William Powell. The king of DC media. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I'm your gracious host, William Powell, otherwise known as the W, the T, and the P. Short for William Thomas Powell, welcome to the show. Tonight, my guest is Dylan Hicks, who runs the DC Stunt Coalition and recently appeared on WGN America's The Outsiders. But before we get to him, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Tonight, tonight was a good night. You fought well, and for that, we have these fortunes. Some say that money is the root of all evil, but I don't believe that. Evil is the root of all money, and you, my big friend, you are evil! I'm Marshall Everett, and I don't always make money, but as a member of Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, I always save money. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, federally insured NCUA. Membership open to federal employees and their families. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, a proud sponsor of the Inside Acting Radio Show. And if you'd like to advertise on the show, you can simply email me at william400.yahoo.com. And our uh, handle there is uh, william.t.cow. So uh, Dylan Hintz has not only been on uh, The Outsiders, but he is also part of the Gamers vs. Grimmark show. It's going to be coming up this Saturday at the National Harbor. You can find out more by going to Twitter, and the handle there is DC, it's a capital DC Stunt Co., and that's at Twitter. So I see he's on the line, so let me bring him on in. Good evening. Hi. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me again, William. So, man, walk me through how you went from being a stuntman in Adventure World all the way to being on the set of The Outsiders. Um. Well, for starters, uh, when I got there, it was Six Flags, so I wasn't doing it back in, I think, 94 when it was Adventure World, but that's the same park. Uh, it got turned <laughs> to Six Flags. I'm not that old yet. I'm still young in my career. Um, uh, and uh, from there on out, uh, I got really lucky. I got really fortunate, and I worked really hard. I pretty much went from being in a Six Flags stunt show in 2009 to working on making my way up through the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia film scene through Craigslist, all the way up through word of mouth. I ended up working on Ninjas vs. Monsters um, back when uh, Justin Timpain and uh, Light Entertainment were shooting that. I got to be a guest fight choreographer on that production, uh, working alongside Daniel Mascarello and P.J. McGaw. Um, I got to do some stunts on that movie. And then from there on out, I started working with a bunch of other local filmmakers, and uh, uh, I took kind of the knowledge of knowing everybody to form the D.C. Stunt Coalition. We put the group together. 
we started networking everybody in the area, and that kind of got me noticed. And uh, my first professional SAG gig was working on Turn in 2013 with uh, stunt coordinator Kid Richmond. He helped me get my SAG card. He helped me get my first couple of gigs on TV. And then I got really lucky from there. I just kept getting more work. Uh, it was hard. My first couple of gigs were really easy. They were kind of almost blessedly given to me. Um, but then after I worked on a Black Mass up in Boston, uh, working under local fight choreographer Chuck Jeffries, um, he was also a stunt coordinator who's worked on a bunch of stuff, including uh, he was a fight choreographer on uh, uh, The Player, which was a Wesley Snipes show that came out uh, this year. Um, he helped me get on Black Mass. I worked as a stunt double for one of the leads. And uh, after that, it was it was time to start finding work on my own. And uh, one of the first things I did is I went and I hustled a couple of sets. Uh, there were some open call auditions for uh, both Outsiders and Banshee in Pittsburgh. I went up there. I took the drive. I did the open calls. I met people. I met the coordinator. And Outsiders was a real true blessing because... Pretty much what happened is I showed up, I looked the part, and I had the skills to back it up. So they said, hey, uh, you should play this character. So you're hired. Uh, be here next week. And I was like, oh, well, that's how this works. So that was that was kind of the story of that. There's a lot more to it, but you covered it really well in the article. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you play this character called the groom. So you got, you got pretty uh, beat up pretty bad that day. So describe that shoot. Um, so that was a that was a pretty exciting and interesting shoot. Uh, pretty much, I showed up in Pittsburgh. Uh, I got my hotel. I uh, woke up the next morning. I went to set, and they decked me out in some really fancy wedding duds. Uh, the costume design was great, and we knew from the get go that that was probably a costume that was going to get wrecked. Um, because my job was to run through a wedding gauntlet, which apparently for the feral clan, the uh, one of the families that lives up on Shane Mountain in the show Outsiders, uh, they they have very interesting wedding rituals. So uh, I had the script. I knew what I had to do. I didn't have any lines. I just had one mission, get to the top of the hill. And uh, <laughs> the stunt coordinator... The stunt coordinator provided me with, uh, I think it was six very awesome, very super capable guys. Uh, it was a mix of fresh faces and seasoned professionals, um, but every guy was super good at their job. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better team because for about the next uh, three hours once we got on set, it was about figuring out how I was going to get thrown around, then throw me around, and then do it again until the director said, okay, we're done. And uh, that was intense. That was an intense couple of hours um, where basically on the spot I had to learn some choreography. And the main goal was to show kind of part of this culture, part of this lifestyle um, as both violent but fun. It was very old school. There was no martial mm. arts involved in this fight. It was all rough and tumble, tossing around hillbilly stuff. <laughs> It looked kind of like wrestling, you know, like it was definitely, definitely old school. I mean, it was like, wow, you, you just got bruised up pretty good. It was, uh, it was very uh, wrestling inspired. It was very much the kind of like grab and act and get thrown. And, um, you know, the, the goal of the other characters wasn't to 
stop me from getting up the hill. It was just to make me have a really bad time getting up there. It was a hazing. It was it was it was it was it was kind of like uh, something that I never went through in college, but I always imagined. Um, it was a lot like what I went through in high school. Um, but it was it was fun. It was a blast. Uh, I, I I ended up getting uh, I ended up making a lot of really good friends that day. A lot of new stunt guys. It was it was it was to me it was a victory just as much for uh people training in our area because I got to represent uh DC when other guys were coming from Detroit and Cleveland and New York and Pittsburgh and other parts of Pennsylvania and it was great cuz like it really was a team of different guys from different places coming together and doing what was needed to make this thing happen and the best part is by the end of the day we all did our jobs. We made the stunt coordinator look good. The AD was happy with us, and the director was thrilled. And uh, I had the most pleasant surprise that um, there was a big acting component to what I had to do. Because while on one hand it was kind of an insane, silly, hillbilly scene, it wasn't supposed to be campy. So the first run-through I did, I took it all the way to the nines, I cranked it to 11, I went as rubber band Jim Carrey man as I could up that hill. I was just flailing my arms everywhere, <laughs> looking ridiculous. And that was take one. On take two, the director said, uh, good, you look like a cartoon character, we need you to tone it. And that, mm. that circles back to how I was trained at Six Flags, because at Six Flags, to do a stunt show, you have to be able to throw your arms and legs around so that people 200 feet away can see what you look like. Um, it is literally being a cartoon character. But the advantage to that training and then going immediately into working on local film was that I had to take everything that I learned working in a theme park and shrink it down to film scale. So when the director asked me to change uh, the the way I was going with the performance, I was like, okay, I'll do what I can. And I, I, I sucked everything in. I made it a little bit smaller. I put the danger in my eyes rather than my fingertips. And uh, take two, the director was like, holy crap, the stunt guy can act. He can take direction. This is great. And all of a sudden, the stunt coordinator comes over to me, and he's like, dude, who are you? And I'm like, eh, guy from D.C. Um <laughs> So it was great. It was like a little victory for people over here, especially with the Stunt Coalition and everything like that, because every time I get feedback like that from a set somewhere else, I try and bring that positive feedback, or even even some of the negative criticism. I try and bring it back and tell the guys that I train with, this is what this guy was looking for. It might not be what every guy is looking for, but this is something I learned, and it's something to keep in your back pocket in case you ever get professional work and somebody says, I don't think you need to be a cartoon character. Okay, I won't be a cartoon character. And then find your range, because visual performance is all about range of motion, it's about range of energy, and you have to be able to control that at any time. Right, exactly. So uh, do you think you'll wind up uh, having a reoccurring role? No. Um, that was definitely not something that was in my contract. Uh Episode three, the groom character shows up. He helps tell the story of the culture. And then uh, it felt like he kind of fades into obscurity. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't a bad thing. It, it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, every, in my opinion at least, every actor's career goal is to, as much as possible, be in a scene that happens before the first commercial break. I was super lucky. 
I'm in the show five minutes in. I show up. It's a memorable scene. Everybody's been talking about it all over the Internet um, when episode three happened. Um, and it was fun. And, you know, that's my payday. And uh, it was a really good, good day for that. Uh, but I was recommended by the stunt coordinator, hey, your performance was good. You took direction. You looked the part. You should try and submit. Uh, but that's kind of the weakness of, of being a stunt guy as opposed to being an actor. It's like, I didn't know exactly how to hustle that side of things. Um, I, I could have gone to the casting director and I could have figured stuff out, but I don't have, like, an agent. I don't have a manager. And that's kind of like another goal of mine. It's like, now that I know that there's the other side of the fence and that people are impressed with what I'm able to do there, I need to explore that as well. Um because th- th- there is a myth. There is a myth that stunt guys can act, cannot act and actors cannot do stunts. Both can do both. Both can do both. But they have to really actually be able to do both. It it, it it's not a question of whether or not you can do it. It's are you capable and then are you making the professional decision to do one or the other? Uh if you are a stuntman, your job is to go out there and do stunts. If you are an actor, your job is to go out there and act. You can bridge the gap. I'm calling what I did a stunt acting role, but that's because I believe that the guys that I worked with were the real hardcore stuntmen that day who were helping me get through a very emotionally elaborate scene by throwing me around and taking the hard falls as they're swinging me back and forth. And it was my job to tell the story on an acting level based on being basically a pinball for these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now now you got to talk about uh, Gamers versus uh, Grimdark, this show you got coming up this weekend. Uh, what's that all about? Uh, okay, so this is a funny little story. Um, basically... Uh, since 2013, I believe, the DC Stunt Coalition has been going to fan conventions, like Comic-Con sort of stuff, uh, such as right. Oticon, Intervention. Uh, what other ones did we go to? Uh, well, obviously, MagFest was the big one that we kind of got started in. We've also appeared at AwesomeCon, and we are the premier gladiatorial team for Spartacon, which will be happening again in August. When it comes to MagFest, uh, we were very fortunate to become good friends with the head of the panels department, Tom Heyer, uh, who's always looking for new content. Uh, I met him, and I told him about how I wanted to do a stunt show at some point, and he helped me get in front of the people that run MAGFest from the very top. They saw what we did. We we performed short little skit fights at conventions, uh, and we did simple, simple, super safe fight choreography 101 workshops for people that were interested in learning how guys on YouTube make fight scenes. Uh, And we did all this dressed up as costume characters from pop culture, whether it was Marvel Comics, uh, video games, uh, popular films, anything like that. Uh, We've had a wide array of characters. Uh, When the MagFest people saw what we were doing, they said, if you want, you can try to do anything you want. There's, There's no limit except for what you're able to put into it. And we went crazy, and we decided to do an hour long stunt show last year. Really? literally an hour long. Like, it, it, there was a 10 to 15 minute video component and then 45 minutes on stage where people were walking, talking, acting, and fighting. And that was the first Gamers Against the Grimdark show. Uh, we had like a 12 or 13 person cast. 
a crew of a bunch of really smart people that knew how to get audio. I mean, everybody's mic'd up. We had video components. We had a, a, a background done through projector slides. And the MagSet staff helped us out. And we ended up using the Woodrow Wilson Ballroom, which is huge at the National uh, Harbor Hotel, the Gaylord. And we had a packed audience of 1,300 to potentially 1,500 people. We never got the exact number, but we filled almost every single seat last year. Nice, nice. Yeah. And we're not making ticket sales, but if we had been making ticket sales, that would have been, like, huge. Like, it was incredible. It was just amazing to have that big and vibrant and excited of an audience because we have have the whole video from last year. We're actually going to show the whole video as an edited, like, uh, five-camera shoot uh, tonight in about a half hour in uh, panels four. And uh, it was amazing. The audience loved the show because we wrote it for them. We wrote it for this kind of culture, this video game culture in mind. Uh, so when we finished that show, we were like, are we going to do another show? And we were like, we kind of have to. This is a really good opportunity for people at the DC Stunt Coalition to get really good training uh, really practice their skills, learn something new, and get in front of an audience that will support what they do. So we wrote a second show for this year. It's called Enter the Grimdark. Uh, it's the sequel to last year's show. It's kind of a parody of Enter the Dragon mixed with video game characters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a blast. We have over 30 fights, uh, 12 tournament-style fights, 12-plus, um, actually, where people are like having one-on-one death battles uh, we've got characters from all sorts of video games uh, From uh, for the audience that's out there that knows this stuff. Tekken, Street Fighter, King of Fighters, and, of course, Mortal Kombat. Our own Brendan O'Donnell yeah. is playing uh, Shao Kahn, which everybody kind of knows that character at this point. He's like an evil warlord. But we always put a spin on things. It's a parody. It's not supposed to be taken seriously necessarily. So he's corporate con now. He's he's basically an evil warlord in a business suit because apparently we have something <laughs> against major corporations. I don't know what it is. And the most beautiful thing about for me personally is that after doing the show last year, my younger brother got really inspired by what we were doing, and he started joining our group. And this year he co-wrote the show and is the star, and that's not because of nepotism. That's because he put in the hard work and he earned it. Um, so now stunts, for my family, is now a family business, which is insane because I didn't know that would happen, but we've been very lucky. I've even been so fortunate as to bring my brother out to work on his first TV show this past year, uh, Legends and Lies, which was coordinated by uh, our area's own Rick Kane. Oh, yeah, Rick Kane, yeah. He's, he's been in the business for like 30-some years, yeah. So that's he, He's about, been doing uh, it a long time, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, you got to talk about uh, staying safe on set. I mean, I know that uh, there's a way that, the, you know, you, 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 then, sure you don't get hurt, don't uh, get bruised up, and the whole deal. So talk a little bit about uh, on-set safety. On-set safety. Uh, all things are similar but different, of course, for stage and film. Uh, the DC Stunt Coalition prides itself on uh, providing basic training in both. Safety always comes down to a couple of key things. Honesty, awareness, and uh, you have to remain vigilant. Um, You really have to keep your eye out for things that could be, you know, hazardous. Everything about learning stunts is about learning safety. Uh, 
one of the things that uh, Kid Richmond told me way back in the day is, like, we're not out here to cure cancer, although entertainment certainly helps, I'm sure. But <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to change the world by falling over harder uh, than I need right. to. Proper practice, exactly. proper pro- proper technique is always a factor. But if somebody presents me a job and I feel 80% comfortable, 80% capable of doing that job, that's about when I have to go, should I be doing this or not? Because mm. if, if I don't feel 100% on it, then you really got to think about it because stunts is risk. Your job is mm. risk. They can risk you. They can't risk an actor. I've been on a set before where the stunt guy had to have a stunt double. Mm. Yeah, and it, it had to happen because yeah. it, it wasn't a, a fault on either of the stunt guy's parts. It was just uh, by the end of the day, he was too uh, strung out to perform what needed to happen, so they had to swap him out. And they knew they were going to do that anyways uh, in case they wanted to get an additional shot. It's It's a complicated thing, but... Think of it like like if there was like a blood effect or something, and you can only get the one guy bloody. And if you wanted to shoot again, uh, you had to have a fresh face, but you had to like turn him around so you couldn't tell who he was, but you still needed the stunt. It was something similar to that. It was yeah. a logistical thing. It was a logistical thing, but they had a stunt double ray for the stunt guy, and uh, you know you have to be honest with what you can do. You have to be aware of the situation, but of course you have to be professional and not ask a million questions. Uh, but you have to ask the right ones at the right time to the right people. You really have to learn the chain of command. Stunts is like the closest thing a film production has to the military because, very truthfully, there are lives on the line. You know? mm. And yet, you, you can't avoid that truth. You have to believe that what you're doing is dangerous. Otherwise, why are you there? And I have seen sets where people are doing stunts and somebody on set's just like, well, we'll just do it anyways. It'll be okay. And mm. they almost try and shoot down a stunt person who's like, I'm not feeling that. Like, I'm thinking we need to rethink this. No, 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 no. It'll be good. And, you know, if, if like, a director of photography comes up to you and is like, uh, no, I don't think the shot's going to work, the director's immediately going to be like, oh, if the shot's not going to work, we have to do something. If a stunt coordinator comes up and goes, eh, I'm not sure if that's really safe, there's directors out there that'll be like, oh, it doesn't matter. We'll just do it anyways. And then it's the stunt coordinator's responsibility to go like, so I'm going to say no, and I'm going to say it through a text message or an email, so that's in writing that I said I don't approve. And then it's it's pushing the responsibility away from the department that's there to make sure that things are safe. Because we don't want mess-ups. We want people to be safe. We We don't want elevated risk. We want to show risk safely. And it, it, it's a tough balance to strike, but you have to be aware of it. Yeah. So, Dylan, what do you do for uh, insurance? It depends on the project. Um, I don't have any personal insurance uh, on productions that I've worked on in that sort of way. Um, I will be flat out willing to admit that I am not the world's greatest paperwork slash business human being. When I work (laughs) on a SAG, when I work on a SAG union project, the insurance is covered as far as I know and as far as I'm aware through the production and the union. Um, 
that's another risk that you take working on non-union projects. That's another risk that happens around here a lot, especially because there's a lot of local productions that don't have production insurance. Uh, they oh, don't get work. Um, they don't. They don't get stuff to cover their 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 bases um, or other things. And you always got to be wary of that. Uh, it's a it's a good thing to study up on if you want to be a stunt coordinator. I don't consider myself like a stunt coordinator on anything outside of like backyard projects, things that I'm practicing on. Um, typically, if a big SAG production wants a stunt coordinator, I'll try and pass it off to somebody more experienced, like Rick. Uh, but if it's like a backyard project and I want to practice kind of like helping people learn how to do things safely, then I'll do that. So typically it doesn't involve insurance because I'm not usually lighting people on fire or throwing them off of 20-foot buildings or hitting them with cars. We're usually doing something simpler like a fight scene uh, or a couple of falls. So I might not be the guy to ask that question to. And I'll admit that. But again, it's about honesty, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So now... Uh... You think I, I know what you're going to say, but to talk a little bit about why actors should get combat uh, stage combat training. So, have you ever seen a Marvel movie? Oh, plenty. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the answer's <laughs> obvious at this point. Uh, overnight success. You want to talk about an overnight success as a performer? You have somebody like Stephen Amell who plays the Arrow on CW's Arrow. And before he was the Arrow, he did, like, three other things, and two of them were Lifetime Channel movies. He does the Arrow TV show. He's doing his own parkour, which is, like, free running. It's, like, running up walls. It's doing uh, slightly acrobatic movement, precision movement. He's doing his own fights. He has a stunt double that he will openly take videos of himself doing the stunts and say, hey, stunt guy, hold my camera. Uh, he, he will... He will put that out there, and obviously by like season three, he's doing less because he's proven his point. But immediately, he becomes magnetic. Uh, oh. We know for a fact that Charlie Cox and uh, you know uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Ritter um, on uh, Jessica Jones and Daredevil. We know that they're not doing all of their own fights. We know that they have amazing stunt doubles, and we know that because the stunt doubles have come out on uh, social media and been interviewed because we're totally aware that they're doing this stuff. But the more that we see the actors do it, the more we believe in it. Um, for instance, Michael B. Jordan, who was, in my opinion at least, robbed of an Oscar nomination for Creed. Uh, I, I don't know why Stallone gets it and Jordan doesn't. Uh, yeah. If you watch Creed... There is like a three or four minute single take scene that, uh, gosh, I can't remember his name right now, but a guy that I really, really look up to um, did the choreography and coordination for. It's a single take boxing fight with all the background action happening, all, all, all the supporting actor action happening, and Michael B. Jordan is throwing every punch. He's taking every hit. He's doing every sell. He's acting every moment of that fight. And it is one of the most elaborate and amazing pieces of filmmaking I've ever seen. Like, I, I put Creed right up there with uh, Mad Max and The Revenant as something created by uh, filmmakers as technically astounding for a lot of the stuff that it did. And that was with a, a newer filmmaker, uh, 
you know, a guy who's in his late twenties as opposed to the other yeah, two, cool. which are seasoned veterans. And yeah. it, it's just amazing. You see an actor with physical proficiency, you see an actor that can perform physically, and all of a sudden you become attached to them and you become inspired by them. And when actors aren't willing to do their own fights, when they're unable to do their own combat, it's it's noticeable and all of a sudden you're like, eh, you're not you're not thrilled. That's one reason why people love Tom Hardy. The dude can throw down. The dude can visibly throw down. You would never doubt that he couldn't handle himself in a fight. And if acting is about truth, then truth is being able to move. Absolutely. Truth is about being able to move. Fantastic, fantastic. So we're coming near the end of the uh, the interview. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about uh, how people can uh, buy tickets for this weekend and uh, any other things you want to put out there. Excellent. Um, we would love everybody in the local community, uh, film, theater, friends, family, to come out to MAGFest at the National uh, Harbor Gaylord Hotel uh, for Saturday. You can get a day pass. I forget if it's like $40 or so. You can come and get a day pass. You can walk around, see all the, the video games, see all the shows, see all the content, and basically for the price of a typical theater ticket, you can come and spend all day here, and then at 5 o'clock, get in line. Get in line for our stunt show. It is an hour and a half long action epic. We have all sorts of fights in the show. We have sword play, capoeira, boxing, mixed martial arts, all sorts of stuff, karate, knife fighting, everything. We have a giant hammer. We have a ninja army. We have everything you could ask for in a fight show and more. And all you got to do is you got to come to MAGFest, you got to see it, put down some money, get in line, watch the show. It's called Enter the Grimdark. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash L-O-Z, Gamers Against the Grimdark, or find the DC Stunt Coalition page, facebook.com backslash DC Stunt Coalition. As you said, our handles are at DC Stunt Co. Uh, you can find my handle at D Hints Action. Um, and you can just you can just find us all over the internet, dcstuntcoalition.org. If you want to get tickets for MAGFest, you can either pick them up at the door or you can go on the, the website, magfest.org. This is an amazing festival. It's it's a convention. It's a party. It's There's nothing else like it. There's bands. There's video games. There's stuff you can do all day long, and it even has its own fully produced hour-and-a-half-long stunt show. Do not miss it. See it, and please support us. We can't make any money off of this show. It's a giant parody. But you seeing it, telling us that you liked it, that'll do a lot for us. Well said. Well said. Okay, Dylan, I just thank you again for coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you for having me again, William. It's always a pleasure. All right. You have a great night. You too, sir. Peace. Okay. Bye-bye. And, folks, let me leave you with this thought to do something for your career every day and break a leg.